Hello church. Just before you start getting worried, I just want to reassure you, I am not Matt Caddick, okay? Matt hasn't shaved his head or trimmed his luscious beard. Um, he's just handed over the preaching reins this morning to me. My name's Chris, and together with my wife, Nick, and Poppy, we've been coming along to Council now for a few months. And before we get into God's Word, before we um, share some stuff together, I just want to start off by saying a massive thank you for welcoming us, for making us feel uh, like part of the family. It's been lovely to come along and uh, to have people chat to us, introduce themselves, but more than that, to feel a sense of collective unity, to feel a sense of the spirit moving together as a family, that's really exciting. Um, we live in Knoll, we've lived here for a few years now, and we're really excited about God's kingdom coming in South Bristol, so that's why we've been coming along to Counterslip, and we're really excited about what Matt and the eldership are doing, um, which is why I suppose it's such a shame and so frustrating that we've not been able to meet together over these last few weeks. And obviously, there's a much bigger picture going on globally. Um, but actually, with 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 the way it's worked out, um, this reading this morning is really poignant and and really timely. And that's particularly for two reasons. The first is because of the situation we're in. You know, everyone, every single person um, is, is suffering one way or another because of what's going on. Some are suffering to a great extent and some not so much. But one way or another, we're all struggling. And actually, God's word for this morning is is about suffering and is about how we can triumph through that. Um, but the second thing is it's poignant because we've just come past Easter. and But actually, the truth of Jesus' death and resurrection and conquering death and sin is still true for us uh, today and it will be true um, for as long as this situation continues so that's really exciting but anyway let's get on to our reading we're in Deuteronomy and um, hopefully you've been able to read over this last week um, but I'm now going to hand over to Nick who's going to read Deuteronomy 16 verses 1 to 8. Deuteronomy 16 verse 1 to 8. Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. And you shall offer the Passover sacrifice to the Lord your God from the flock or the herd at the place the Lord will choose to make his name dwell there. You shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat it with unleavened bread, the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste that all the days of your life you may remember the day when you came out of the land of Egypt. No leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory for seven days, nor shall any of the flesh that you sacrifice on the evening of the first day remain all night until morning. You may not offer the Passover sacrifice within any of your towns to the Lord your God is giving you, but at the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell in it. There shall offer the Passover sacrifice in the evening at sunset at the time you came out of Egypt. And you shall cook it and eat it at the place that the Lord your God will choose. And in the morning you shall turn and go to your tents. For six days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day there shall be a solemn assembly to the Lord your God. You shall do no work on it. So we're picking up in Deuteronomy 16 and it's a really exciting part of the whole story um, in terms of the people of God, the people of Israel. 
Um, as you know, as you've been reading, you will have read that um, the story in Exodus starts with the people of God crying out in under the intense burden of slavery. And one of the things I love about Exodus is um, God not only hears the cry, but um, Exodus talks about God stooping down in order to save his people. And of course, then you read about the journey of the Passover, which is what is picked up here in Deuteronomy 16, about uh, where uh, the, the people of Israel are instructed to um, place the blood of a lamb above their door. And then, of course, we know that the people are freed. They go into a time of wandering in the wilderness. And it's at this point that they are on the precipice of the promised land. So really, they've been on this incredible journey, actually, um, a long journey, a, a journey over the course of many, many years. And so um, it feels odd, really, that at this time where Moses is instructing the people and, and getting them ready to send them into this um, promised, holy and um, abundant land, that um, God would instruct the people to stop for seven days um, to have a festival and to, to do this regularly, uh, to stop and remember their suffering. Because ultimately that is what the Passover festival is. It's rem going back to a time where the Israelites were still enslaved and um, going back to a time of national anxiety, you probably could say, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but if I was um, present at the time of the Passover, um, I would have been anxious. I don't know about you. I would have thought to myself, is this really going to work? Um, are the angels going to really come and rescue us? Are, um, are, is God really going to deal adequately with the Egyptians? You know, we've been through this with all the other um, plagues, with all the other miracles. You know, if anything, uh, Pharaoh's just made things worse for us. Why should we believe that this is going to work? So, yes, the Israelites were on the cusp of freedom. They were on the cusp of this amazing place that God had um, promised to them. So why would God stop them and make them remember their suffering? It's a bit like being on your wedding day and, and being asked to stop in the middle of the service and remember the last time you had a big argument with your um, would be spouse. Or maybe when you're just about to come to your last exam and you start remembering all the times that you really struggled in school, the times that you may not have understood a lesson or in my case, the time that you wet yourself in year seven. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. The thing is, suffering, uh, remembering it and even going through it is a common theme, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New as well. Um, you know, Paul in Romans talks about rejoicing in suffering. So the question for us is why would God ask the Israelites to stop and not only remember but even rejoice, you know, celebrate, hold a whole festival around that time of suffering? I mean the unleavened bread is, is the central part of this festival and in verse 2 um, God calls the bread the bread of affliction. That word affliction has its root in the word occupation. It has its root in the word poverty, in misery. Um, you know, this is really intense stuff. Um, why would the Israelites be
be asked to stop and remember being occupied into slavery? Well, I think that's a great question, not only when thinking about the Israelites, but when it comes to thinking about us as well, especially in this poignant time when we're all um, on lockdown, when we're all struggling, when we're all adjusting to a new way of life, albeit temporary. Um, why should we remember our suffering? Why do we get drawn into suffering and why rejoice in suffering the way that Paul instructs us to? Well, I've only got time to go into three particular points. The first is that in suffering, God demonstrates his power. Secondly, in suffering, we become prepared for glory. And thirdly, in suffering, we become more able um, to serve others. So I'm just going to go through those three points really briefly. So I hope you're sticking with me and, and have understood what I've said so far. You know, in truth, uh, the Passover meal, albeit sombre, of course, you know, it talks in, in that set of verses about a sombre assembly, is actually a, a liberation meal. It's a liberation festival. It's a time, albeit not happy clappy, um, you know, not uh, in a delusion, delusional way, uh, it's the Israelites taking a chance to look back at, yes, their most harrowing time but actually to remember it was in that time that God acted most powerfully you know I've already referred to it in Exodus um, God sees the cry of his people and doesn't just sympathize doesn't just um, you know send goodwill doesn't just sort of pray or, or intercede on behalf of he promises to stoop down he promises to come into their reality and to save them and actually that that's the beauty of this time yes they remember a time of anxiety a time of slavery but actually they also celebrate the fact that it is God alone who has freed them and actually I think that's really poignant for us because yes we see a lot of goodwill at the moment we see people talking about prayer we see people talking about working together and being being alongside each other. But actually, what we need in this time is a revelation of God. What we need in this time is God to work miracles in the same way that he did for the Israelites. And so actually, just as the Israelites are instructed to take time to remember their suffering and therefore remember God's promise and God's acting of power, we too should use this time to stop and remember that God is powerful. God has rescued us individually, but he's also on a course to rescue the whole of humanity. And let me just read you that, that bit in, in um, Romans 5, because I love it. It says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, actually, there's there's something about God drawing us to himself in times of suffering and giving us the fruits of the spirit, giving us that endurance and ultimately that hope that he is going to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And just as I say that, I get excited. Um, 
have you experienced that? That's my first question to you. In this time of um, uncertainty, being locked inside and having freedoms restricted, have you found yourself being drawn to Jesus? And if not, my question is, let yourself be drawn. You know, it's easy to continue to be occupied by what's going on. And, and no doubt we have to be wary. But actually, God is asking us, um, regardless of what is going on, to be drawn to himself and find there is freedom. You know, in this festival, what's what's exciting in a way is that um, the Israelites have been asked to stop what was normal to them. Um, to stop eating the meat of the sacrifice, to, to not wait for their bread to be leavened, almost to do a fast and to go back to the basics. And so I suppose the first challenge uh, more to myself than anybody else is how can I simplify life? How can I just be so intent to be drawn towards Jesus and see his power at work? Secondly, suffering produces an expectation of glory and it prepares us for that glory um you know going back to that that set of verses uh, it talks about leaving slavery in haste and obviously that's what the uh, unleavened bread signifies not having time to wait until it is fully risen don't get me wrong i'm i'm definitely not a baker but that i do <laughs> understand um and actually there's something about the story of these people that was just starting in leaving in slavery. It wasn't the full story. The, the people of Israel weren't set to just leave slavery, to be free. They were set to do so much more. And so suffering actually prepares us for that. It prepares us for what's coming next. And in the same way that the Israelites were on the edge of the promised land and were being prepared for their life of freedom, we too should use the opportunity in our suffering, in our um, sense of isolation and our sense of um, normality being cut off to be being more prepared for the weight of glory which is being prepared for us so take heart take hold of God's promises you know this is the time to be really getting into his word and remembering those promises sharing them with each other encouraging one another because we need that we need to continue to meet together be it virtually or on the phone to to encourage each other in the promises God has for us, to remember that actually, yes, this suffering now or the suffering that we may have been through before is tough, but it does not compare to the weight of glory that God has prepared for us. And there's something about remembering that, there's something about um, rejoicing in suffering because it prepares for us that hope. Finally, service. Now, as I said, the Israelites were being prepared for a life in the promised land. But as we know from um, reading the preceding chapters, even the, the books that come before Deuteronomy, um, the point was that the Israelites were not supposed to just live in this isolated, happy world. Um, God had a massive calling for them. He was calling them to be a light to the nations, to ultimately work out his kingdom on earth to reverse the effects of sin, to see, um, to, to introduce the rest of the nations to the Lord, the one Lord, the one God. So actually, and there's something about the Israelites going through this suffering, there's something about them stopping and remembering that helped them 
Be humbled helps soften their hearts and actually prepare them to serve others. I, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, my life hasn't changed that dramatically. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But, but there, there are things that have changed. Um, actually, my average day job has become more stressful. Um, being at home and not being able to go out as much is is stressful. Um, you know, tension can can easily build up, and then there's fear and anxiety about family members who who aren't as well as as we are, for instance. Um, so actually, what that does is it, it softens my heart. It makes me think of the people um, that I know, or even that I don't know, in my community that that are struggling. But not only that those who don't know Jesus, those who can't fall back into um, a sense of his hope. And actually, that encourages me that even now I can be doing things to be a part of somebody else's liberation story. You know, could I be phoning people more and encouraging them? Could I be doing something practical for my neighbours? Okay, we may be limited in what we can do now, but Wow, when we get together, just think of what we can do. And I suppose the question is, will this change us? Will this change us to um, make us more ready to serve others and ultimately to serve God, to serve the least in our community? You know, I know there's already amazing things going on. The food bank are doing an incredible job. Um, you know, there's people supporting the most vulnerable in this church and um, but i i believe there's always more that we can do and not only that but there's more that we can do as a community and that is where god's power is really really at work so i believe that suffering um helps us remember god's and see god's power i help i know that it prepares us for more of god's glory and I know as well that um, it prepares us to serve others. I just want to finish by encouraging you not only just to read this this little part of Deuteronomy 16, but to carry on um, into the chapters that come after it. Because what's exciting is that after the Passover, there's two more festivals. The first is the festival of weeks. And then the second is the festival of booths. Now, I'm not going to go into lots of detail about them, but if you read them, you'll notice that both of those festivals are about abundance. They're about crop and the harvest coming in. They're about celebration. They're about joy. They're about people coming together. And the reason I end with that is because we can so often get trapped in the Passover moment, in the time of suffering, um, albeit a good time, albeit a time that's important for us. But actually, we forget that there's a time coming where there will be abundance. There's a time coming where there will be feasts. There will be a time with celebration where tears are wiped away, where pain and anguish is gone. And that is ultimately our firm foundation because it comes through and with Jesus Christ. And so I just want to finish by encouraging you. Um, yes, serve people. Yes, read his word. Yes, um, try and make the most of this time. But remember this above all else. Jesus is coming again. Uh, Jesus is coming again with his kingdom and that will change everything. So um, pray to that end, encourage each other to that end. And that will produce hope and joy and peace 
beyond understanding. 